to another episode of CQP Moments. As always, I am your host, the Coupon Queen, Ben. Guys, I have an awesome guest by the name of Miss Caramel Lucas, and we are getting into a little bit of a chat here. You know, I love for you guys to ear hustle in on what we have going on. So let's take a moment out and I'll be right back with Caramel. So guys, like I was saying, I have Caramel Lucas and she's another amazing podcaster. So Carmel, please introduce yourself to my listeners. Hello, everybody. I am Caramel Lucas. I am a serial entrepreneur and I live in Orlando, Florida. Yeah, she's from the same place that Rich is from, for those that listen to Queen Pin and the Wingman. Um, and if you're not listening to Queen Pin and the Wingman or watching Queen Pin and the Wingman, you are definitely missing out. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> but oh my gosh. So, Caramel, how did you get started in podcasting? Was this your first, you know, was this the first thing you decided to do, or was there something that led up to this? Okay, so when, when, regarding podcasting, so um, back in probably 2011, 2012, I used to be a radio host and for Charlotte, North Carolina. And um, I did that for like um, probably like two years. And I did like the Grown is Sexy um, on Sundays, late nights, um, Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, right? So I did it for two years, but I felt like, you know, it was like way too much. So I got out of that for a little bit. I'm like, you know, I, I like it, but it was way too much. So in 2000 and probably, I'm gonna say 21 when COVID came around, um, you know, no one could go anywhere. People was furloughed from their jobs and all this. And I love talking to people. I decided to, you know, to do a, a podcast. So me talking to, because I was lonely, you know, sitting home, not doing nothing, not talking to anybody, but my family, I'm like, Lord Jesus, I need to be out here somewhere. So that's when I became, um, decided to do a podcast. And, um, so I've been doing a podcast since 2000 and. 2020, 20, 2020, 2021. Yeah. So like a year and like four months. And so my podcast is basically just tell your story and just deal with entrepreneurs that want to tell their story and tell where they came from and where they are and, and where they are now. I mean, that's what, that's the reason why I did it. That is awesome. That is awesome. So you were previously a DJ and now you're a podcaster. So right. that's not a huge, huge leap. Cause you know, I hear people like, oh yeah, I'm a physicist. So now I do podcasts. Like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. Yeah. But you know what? I feel like it's like a little bit different because I was doing more than music, you know, you know, dealing with the music, you know, um, dealing with music artists from the indies to, you know, all kinds of, of different artists, but me doing a podcast is, is more outranged. I can do, I can interview anybody basically, you know? 
That is super cool. That is super cool. So, okay. You call yourself a serial entrepreneur. What do you mean by that? Okay, so, uh, I think he's going to ask me, listening to you, like, so when I say serial entrepreneurs, I do multiple things, you know, um, I'm an author, published author, I'm a published poet, um, I do motivated speaking, I'm a stand-up comedian, um, I do stand-up here, and I do events all the time, so here in Orlando, I do, like, um, different events, I do poetry events, I do, like, I host, like, um, stand comedy events, um, music events. So I do like event planner, I guess you can say. Um, I, I, I'm a writer. I wrote um, a reality TV show. I wrote my movie and of my book. Um, so I do multiple things. Okay. So you are a jack of all trades and it's amazing. Cause I love the fact that you have multiple streams of income, you know, and guys remember it is financial literacy month. So this is definitely something great to talk about. So, okay. What came first? Was it the promoting, the hosting, the writing, you know, writing movies, what came first for you? Well, what came first for me was that uh, I was a model in the beginning of um, since 2007. So 2007, I became a model and I was published in so many different magazines. And then it was like an eye candy model, though. And um, and never, I, you know what eye candy is. It takes over to the eye, as they say. So I was doing eye right. candy. Right. And I was like in in so many different magazines. And from me being a, a model, um, you know, doing fashion shows and stuff like that. And then that's when the radio stations say, hey, you know, you a model and you can and the way people you talk to people, they love it. So they asked me to be on the radio. So that's when I became the radio host. And I did that radio host thing. And then after I did the radio host thing, you know, I did that for a little bit. But I also always love writing. Right. So I was like, let me just write a book, you know? So 2013, I wrote a book. It's called In Love With The Other Man. And um, everybody loved it. It was on um, all different websites. Um, and then from there, I decided to make a movie on my own book. And I, it's an independent movie, honestly. And I just decided to do it because I wanted people to see the vision of the book. And then after I did that, I was like, hey, I need to do something else. <laughs> so um, from there, I, um, I decided to, you know, to publish my poets that my poems that I'd be writing. And I, and I published them in, in a book with um, Urban and Wynn, publishing company. And they published all my all my poems. And so from there, you know, that's when I started doing the podcasting and then the event planning and then the other stuff I got going on, motivated speaking and all that. So it's all comes up as, yeah. So I just love entertainment, basically. I love motivating people, inspiring people and just doing things with people, you know? Wow. Okay. So I keep hearing you say you were originally from North Carolina, correct? Well, I was I was born in North Carolina. Um, you know, I went to school in North Carolina, and then I left there at the age of whew, early age. As soon as I graduated, I went to Connecticut, with, and um, with my um, so I yeah, I went to Connecticut. I stayed in Connecticut for like over thirty years. You know, so I I call Connecticut Connecticut my home because I've been there for so long. 
And um, then I came here to, to, to Florida. Wow. Okay. So why the huge change? Okay. I, I, I get moving, you know, when you're younger and saying, yeah. Hey, let's do this. And then you went to Connecticut for 30 years. So why the change to Florida? I was tired of the cold. <laughs> like, the <snow laughs> was me. like, I was like, I was so super tired of the colds and it's crazy. I, I, you know, when I say 30 years, it probably like 20, 20, 15, 20 years. But the thing about it was like, I was just so tired of the snows. I was tired of like getting snowed in cold. I was like, Oh, you know what? And I moved to Connecticut at a young age because, you know, I wanted to get, get away from, um, where I was, you know, where I was from, you know, I didn't like the atmosphere or the people that I was surrounded by, you know, and soon as I graduated, I left and I left for a purpose because I wanted to have a better life because the people that I was around or hanging around with wasn't good for me. You know what I mean? So me growing up was, was kind of tough, but at the same time, I just wanted to get away from the people. I felt like it wasn't, my cup of tea, you know, and then that's when I decided to get far, far, far away. And Connecticut was the one that I, where I went. And then that's why I stayed there for so long because I was like, I don't want to, you know, go back. And I made a change for myself because I didn't want to, you know, to be like everybody else, you know? And yeah, basically. In other words, you decided that it was time for you to grow and you were you were doing what you thought was best for you or you felt was best for you. Well, I felt, yeah, tr- yeah, basically, yeah. I felt like it wasn't giving me what I needed. It wasn't because it's like, you know, where I was raised, well, where I was raised, going to school and stuff like that. People do the same thing over and over again. And I'm not that type of person. I want to try new things and do new things and always want to keep myself busy. And I felt like that was like slowing me down. It was not giving me, you know, everybody know everybody, everybody doing the same thing. I didn't want to do none of that, you know? And I just wanted to get away from that. I don't want to be, hey, that's your cousin. Who's that? That's, I mean, it was too much for me. And I'm like, I need to get away from here because you're not growing. They don't grow, you know? And I'm a type of person that wants to grow and wants to see new things, wants to experience new things, you know? You know, so I jumped on faith and I just left. Wow. Okay. So you jumped, you, it it worked out for you, but one of the things I know when we make a big move, a huge move like that, it's kind of scary. So was it an easy transition? Was this not an easy transition? What? It wasn't an easy transition because I had to get used to being on my own. And being on my own, it was meaning that I had to start, like, I didn't know which direction to go, which, you know, my mom's already always supported me no matter what I do. And, you know, she was doing her thing and some things that she was doing, I didn't appreciate. And so, you know, but I felt like, you know, I just 
it was like a hard transition for me, you know, because only because I didn't know what to do or, you know, when I got my first apartment, I was like, oh my God, I got my first apartment, <laughs> you know? So I was like, I didn't know. And then, um, so I decided to go to school and get my degree, you know, and maybe this can help me out to do better for myself. And then that's what I did. I went to Connecticut. I went to New London, um, uh, Sawyer School in New London, Connecticut, and I got my degree and I would start working in offices and then I just built myself up. I'm going to tell you, it's hard, trust me. Um, but when you let God lead you the right direction, you know, everything becomes more easier because I had to depend on not only myself, but I had to depend on that, make sure that God led me in the right direction and I always believe in him and in the faith. So I've been going on faith for a long, long time. So, okay, you take this jump. You say, hey, you know what? I am separating from everyone I know. Yeah. I'm leaving everything I've always done. And you get to Orlando and it's like, what was your first move? Because I know, of course, everybody's first move is find some place to live. But were you doing office jobs when you first got to Orlando or is this when you started? So when I I first moved to Florida, the first place I went was Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Florida. So I went to Jacksonville and I went there um, when I moved, it was Jacksonville, Florida, and I loved the scenery in Jacksonville at that time. Right. So I got my first apartment there as, you know, um, I was, um, when I moved to Jacksonville, um, I was married to a a military guy and and I actually, we divorced now. So, I mean, you know what I'm saying? But that's when the reason why I went to- Wait, wait, hold up, hold up, hold the press, hold the press. You, okay. We just like skipped over. Like, it was like, oh, hey, you know, I did this. I did this and this. Oh, by the way, I was married. Wait, you left that whole part out. (laughs) Like- it wasn't important. No, seriously. When I moved to Jacksonville, I uh, I met a, I met someone in, in Connecticut. We got married. However, he was a military guy, basically. And then we went to Jacksonville because that's where his orders were. So we went to Jacksonville. And, you know, we stayed in Jacksonville. However, he was a military, okay? But then, you know, it wasn't working, so we got a divorce. I got my own place. He lived where he lived at, and that's how it went. I stayed in Jacksonville for a little bit. However, I wasn't doing entertainment. I was working, working, working. Um, Then I decided, that's when I decided, hey, I need to do me, you know? And then that's when I started becoming into the entertainment world, right? And then I was like, hey, Orlando will be so much easier for me to move a little bit more. And I looked online, found me a place, I transitioned to Orlando, gave my notice to the job and said, hey, I'm going to an entertainment career. <laughs> and I just moved. I just moved. I was like, I'm going to Orlando. And that's it. And I've been here for seven years. Wow. Wow. Okay. I'm just not scared to, to take, I'm not, I mean, I'm just like that. You know, I don't, I'm not scared because if you don't go off of something that you want to do, you're going to be stuck in the same position over and over again. Like it's going to be re- like you're not going to be happy within yourself because you're like, I right. wish I've done. And I don't want to wish that I have done. I just want to do it. 
Right. In other words, you didn't want to be the person saying, hey, I could have, should have, would have, you know, if I had taken this chance, if I had taken that chance. And I think that is so awesome because it takes a lot to pick up. And, and, and I think the real part of me going back is to say that you didn't start over once, but you started over twice. Yeah, I started over twice. Um, the first time I started, the first time I was like eight, 17, 18 years old, you know? And yeah, so I was like, I had to do what I had to do. And this time I ain't gonna tell you how old I am, but I <laughs> but I started all over again. And, and and that's okay, you know? And I do it for my daughter. Everything I do is for my baby. You know, I want her to look at me and be like, mom, I'm so proud of you. You know what I mean? And so far, so good, you know? So I, I think I'm raising up a, a nice young lady and that's what it is. That is awesome. That is awesome. So, okay. You are out here. You are writing. And by the way, her book is on Amazon and Goodreads and Barnes and Noble. So anywhere you find books, you can find her book. What made you decide, okay, I'm going to write fiction because a lot of people, they get there and they, and they, and they want to write a self-help book, you know, or like you said, you love being a motivational speaker. So, you know, they write a motivational book, but you decided to go the fiction route. Why? Um, because I felt like, you know, I don't know. When I was writing that book, I didn't know which direction I was going to go, to be honest. You know, I was like, I don't know if I want to make it real to the people that I surround myself with or the people that I know. Or do I want to just add, you know, some little things in here that people won't know that I'm really talking about them. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't know which direction I was going to go until after I finished the book. And I was like, oh, okay. So what I did was some of it is nonfiction. Some of it is fiction. You know, I, I wrote some things about what really did happen and or who I seen or know about. And some things was it's make-believe, you know, I just make it up. So it, it goes both ways. So I don't know if you call that nonfiction fiction, <laughs> but it, it's, it's some real some real in there and it's not some, you know, so it's both in there. I just don't, you know, I just changed the name up a little bit. You okay. Know? Okay. Trust and believe I am not mad at you. Okay. So how we go from that to how is the transition into entertainment? Cause I know you said, Hey, you know what? Office life isn't for me. And we all get to that point where we decide, mm, maybe this isn't the journey I'm meant to be on. So you go and you say, okay, how was your transition from working an office job into the enter entertainment field? Well, to be honest, I still work at an office job. Um, and I also do in my entertainment, you know, I, I love making money so <laughs> Okay. Um, as they say, I have a, a teenager, so I have to make sure she's, she's is good all the time because everybody knows that in entertainment world, your money don't always come like it's supposed to come. Right. You know, you have to push yourself so hard to, to make things happen the way you want it to happen. And it's a 24, 
24-7 job that you have to make sure that your numbers are working and people are looking at you and believing what you're doing. So at the end of the day, you know, I still have an office job. Um, and I, when I leave my office job, I go in my entertainment world. And so my office and my entertainment are separated and, you know, and I separate them because I just want to know, this is what I do in the day and this is what I do at night, you know, and do my daughter understand that? Yes. She's been in this ever since she's been a baby. So she knows what mommy do. Does she travel with me? Yes. She travels with me. She goes to some of my shows. She goes there. She helps me out. She does a lot of things. You know, she's been doing this since day one. You know, so she knows about everything I do, do and I take her everywhere I go. If I go, if I need to go on a trip, she's on, she's on the plane with me, you know? So I do, wow. I do both, you know, and, you know, she told me that she doesn't want to be in the entertainment world because she see her mom in it. Right. So she's more athletic type of person. She wants to do Olympics. So that's fine. You know, whatever oh, she wants to do, okay. but yeah. So I do both. I do, I do office work and I do, um, entertainment work. That is awesome. That is awesome. So, okay. And ladies, for those that say, Oh, you can't be a mom and do the job. Well, guess what? She's living the life she wants to live plus raising her daughter, which I honestly have to commend you on because, you know, a lot of times there are excuses made for the sacrifice and you are just like proving that pushing that boundary is worth it. It is. And, and, and you know what, like I said, I just do everything because I feel like this is what I supposed to do, you know, and, you know, I still spend time with my daughter as well. You know, I, I, sometimes you have to take that break and be like, okay, what we're going to do. Um, cause we have our girl days, you know, and so nothing is impossible. The impossible will always be possible. And, and that's how I feel. If it's something that you want to do, uh, ladies go for it. Do you don't stop. Don't let nobody stop you for doing what you need to do because you only live once. And someone always told me I was on the podcast talking to this person and they told me, yeah, everybody say you only live once. But what I'm going to tell you, you only die once. So whatever you do, you do it because once you go, it's, you can't do it again. So I was like, yo, I love that. The way that say was saying, because everybody say, you know, YOLO, you know, and I'm like, but that's so true to what he said. You know what I mean? You only die once and when you're gone, you can't do nothing else. And I think what it is, is we, a lot of times we're not seizing the opportunity, you know, right. because before we used to say, you know, carpe diem, seize the day. And a lot of times now it's, I think one thing that I love about your story and your journey is that, you know, there was no fallback plan. There was no... no if this, then this will work out. And a lot of times, especially, you know, as children, we would hear, you know, you tell your parents, Hey, I want to be a lawyer, singer, actor, you know? Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, if none of that pans out for you, maybe you can do da, 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 da. And, you know, and I remember actually 
talking to someone and it was, hey, fall forward. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody wants to have this fallback plan, fallback plan. And I always wondered why I hated that, why I hated the, you know, the plan B kind of, you know, living. And it, I think part of it was because when you do that plan B, when we're at that plan B stage, mm-hmm. we're not striving for excellence. Exactly. You know, I never had a plan B because <laughs> if I fell on my face, I would just fall on my face. But the thing about it was I never had a plan B because I always thought plan A was going to work, you know? Right. And and like you said, I and sometimes I do feel like people are so scared of what other people are going to say about them. I have so many people to ask me is like, when you want to settle for one thing that you like to do, I'm never going to settle for one thing I'm, I like doing because I like to do all things. So no one can judge you or me of what we like doing. If we like singing or dancing or whatever we decide to do that's our that's us that's who we are that's you cannot just settle for being doing one thing if you don't want to do one thing you can do multiple things who said it was a rule that you have to do one thing right and and then I think that's really what it is is you know I I hate to say it but it's one thing and and I have to say this to everyone that is listening, you know, sometimes we have to recognize that our parents were speaking from their own experience. And as parents now, we realize we don't want our children to go through the disappointments that we've been through. Correct. But we cannot hinder ourselves or hinder our children because of our own disappointments because guess what if we sit there you know and we have those you guys have heard me talk about it before the negative cheerleaders where someone you say hey I want to go to Disney World and someone says well why do you want to go to Disney World Mm -hmm. you know you should go here instead well you know there are local amusement parks you can go to but I didn't Mm -hmm. say I wanted to go to the local amusement park. I said, I wanted to go to Disney world and someone will spend two to three hours, possibly even days talking you out of why you should not go to Disney world. Not because Mm -hmm. it's a safety hazard, not because there's anything wrong with it, but because for whatever reason, they don't want you to go to Disney world. Exactly. And people, uh, and, and I totally agree with you because a lot of people, if they're not doing it, they feel you shouldn't do it either. You know, and I feel like those type of people I try to, to step away from, you know, and, you know, just to, you know, I don't know. I think it's like a I don't even know what it is. I think they, they're afraid. Like, I don't even know. I can't even say the reason why they do it. But no, I, I, do. I, and, and I get it. You know what it is? A lot, and, and I will say this, and, and I know I'm going to upset a whole bunch of people, but a lot of people are afraid of change. They're there afraid of change. They're afraid of the unknown. And what if I don't do this? And what if I don't do that? And I remember one time my son was young and I had taken him on the ferry for the first time. And I'm holding Mm -hmm. his hand 
and he was so psyched to go. Mm-hmm. You know, he was so psyched to go and he's ready to go. And the moment, like, I remember him saying, we're like sitting there, we're waiting for the boat to come in. And he's like, oh my gosh, mommy, when is this boat coming in? When is this boat coming in? And the moment, the moment the boat docks and they allow us to get on, mm-hmm. he's like, I don't know if I want to do this. Can I do this? <laughs> And he tells me, the funny thing, it's just me and him. And he tells me, he says, I think I hear grandma calling me. And I'm like, okay, we are not with your grandmother. Your grandmother is not here right now. You Mm -hmm. do not hear her call. You cannot hear her calling you. He's like, are you sure? And I realized at that point, his apprehension, because it's not quite fear. His apprehension is starting to take hold of him. And mm-hmm. I grab his hand tighter and I said, you're going to be okay. Let's just get on the boat. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah. trust me, it's going to be amazing. And, yeah. you know, and for those of you who know about the Staten Island Ferry, because this was before we had the five borough ferry, but, you know, you know, that ride from lower Manhattan to Staten Island if on the right day, it's just so amazing. You get to see everything and to see it through a child's eyes. And I made sure we were right there. And I watched as when we sat down, it was a summer day and we sat down and the fear just melted. That's awesome. And that's where we have to do. Sometimes we have to say, you know what? Get on the boat. Yes. Just get on the boat. And I think what it is is sometimes we don't realize that we have a lot of naysayers. We have those negative cheerleaders, but we have to get around those people that say, Hey, you know what? I really don't know if you're going to like this or not, but I got your hand. Let's do this together. Exactly. And, and I think that's really what it is, is we, we think that you know, that it, it has to be people like-minded, but what I really want, what I'm really starting to see about like-minded people is that a lot of times they don't know if your experience is going to be their experience. Like-mindedness does not mean my experience is going to be the same as yours. It just means we're headed in the same direction. Well said. Well said. Yes, because my my direction is way different than your direction, but we're also both going, we're doing two different directions, but at the same time, we're, we have the same Italia wh- where we want to go. Like you in music or I'm in poet or, you know, we're going in the same direction, but same way we think like think the same way but we're going in different directions basically right yeah right and and that's what it is is in other words the mistake for a lot of us is that our journey has to be exactly the same and that's not true that is not you know it is it's not rocket science it's not scientific you know it everyone's on everyone's on the same sidewalk but some people's buildings are closer. Some people's buildings are further. You know, some people can be crossing the street. 
But the thing is, in other words, you can be on the same sidewalk, but you don't have to be all going into the same building. You could even be going into the same building, but mm-hmm. you don't have to be going to the same floor. And, and that's really what you have to say. It's okay. This is for me. This is mine. And it's okay to say that, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's okay to meet in the elevator and know everybody's name and say, have a great day and keep it moving. You that know, is true. so, and, and, and that's really what we have to get to. You don't have to be, oh, well, I'm only going to speak to the people in my office. Well, and you have a very lonely experience. <laughs> if you're only going to speak to the people in your office, you have a very lonely experience. And I you know what? It's so that. funny. Exactly. Because me, I speak to everybody. I talk to everybody. I don't care where I'm at. You know, and I just have conversations with people and they're like, oh, wow. <laughs> it's just like, I just can't stay in one, one space and just talk to the one people that I'm surrounded by, I go all over and talk to everybody. Like, and that's how I am. I love talking. I think I talk too much, but I do love talking. <laughs> Trust and believe. I used to get in trouble for talking too much all the time. I, yeah, I, I, you I know, do. the funny thing is like, people are like, you were born a podcast. I said, had I known that podcasts were coming out when my six-year-old me, I would have said, okay, don't worry about it. You'll, you'll be, you'll be fine later. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Me, we come from the era of children should be seen and not heard. So yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Cause I know I, I'd be like, and I used to get in trouble all the time. Like, can you shh, be quiet? Library voice. I'm like, I don't even know what library was is. Like what are you talking about? Like, yeah, I was the loud one. I'd be like, hi. And everybody's like, yes, exactly. Volume- do- yeah, it's like, do you have two volumes silent and sleep? Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess I do. It's just loud and sleep, I guess. But <laughs> you know, you, you learn it, you learn to tone it down as you get older. But yeah, I mean, it, it's just one of those things. And sometimes those passions that we have as children, you know. Mm-hmm. Because think about it this way. Who would have thought that playing video games would land someone $60,000? Um, hello, like- You, you remember, so I mean, I mean, think about it. We, we come from the generation of, you had like a half hour TV time. Exactly. We, exactly. we only had, we only had, what was it? Uh, Saturday morning cartoons. You didn't have, you didn't have- you know, Cartoon Network, there was no Cartoon 24-7, you know, pre-internet, you know, you couldn't find anything on YouTube, there was no YouTube, so uh, yeah, we're kind of dating ourselves here, I think we should stop. No, 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 that's it, don't say nothing else, but I know, I know. (laughs) But the thing about it is that I remember when video games first came out, and, and, you know, um, I remember when people was like, they sitting, they sitting at the TV too long playing their video games. And, um, and I, I know I heard like a lot of uh, women don't get mad at me, women, but you did do this that when that, when that man is on, on the, on the, uh, video games, like he don't spend no time with me. He's always on the video game. I, I, I need a man, a real man that's not on the video game, but now 
Well, let he me can tell be on the video you, game because he might win $60 million. <laughs> exactly. But let me tell you something. See, and, and women were getting mad at me when I would say this, but it's like, so learn a video game. Wait, what? Learn to play the game. Yeah. Be his exactly. player too. Talk about the game because guess what? If he's into video games and you come in with a new game, you know what game is coming out. You're like, hey, I bought my own controller. Can we play? Exactly. He and is that's going to look at you. Time. He is going to look at you in a whole new light. He's mm-hmm. going to be like, wait, what? You, you want to play? Yeah, I want to play. And that's exactly. the funny thing is people don't understand. I, I say this all the time. You guys know. The fam clan and I are a bunch of gamers. We are a bunch yeah. of gamers. And this wasn't something that I did to, to, to find a guy. I was always a gamer. Mm-hmm. But I tell people all the time, tell women all the time, if you, he's into video games, play those games with him. Yeah. A- enjoy yeah. that time. If he's in the football sit there and find out what the game is about. You know, I know exactly what you mean because, you know, like, you know, just be a part of what he likes as well, you know, and and, and it becomes, it becomes a greater relationship, honestly, because if you're sitting here watching, I'm always watching sports. So, but I'm, I've always been like that having brothers and I'm the only female I'm always watching sports. I'm always watching my brothers play the game. So, you know, I'm a gamer too, but I like fighting games, you know? (laughs) So, you know, girl, don't get it twisted. I love some Mortal Kombat. Don't play. Okay, that's my game. Too. <laughs> <laughs> that's my game because I remember when uh, before that came out, it was Street Fighter. And Street I used Fighter, to play yes. Marvel versus Capcom. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I used to play that all the time. So I am like, I like, I love the games too. Um, but I, like when it comes to, I like boxing games and stuff like that, you know, wrestling and stuff like that. But I'm not too big on to like soccer games, like stuff like that. I used to play soccer and volleyball, but you know, I don't like playing the games on video games. I like the fight. No, there are some yeah. things that should just be left in Alone. real life. Exactly. Hello. But other than that, like, yeah, like share that with that guy, like let them know or that girl, you know, let them, you know, let them do them and you come in and and sit with them and enjoy that too. You know, it's nothing wrong with it. They making money. They banking now doing that. So, hey, and and you know, that's that's the thing. Go, 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 go. You can do this. That is, yeah, that is the thing. It's like, you know, and the one, the one thing that you have to realize is it is a family bonding experience because when I became a boy mom, I was like, what the heck am I going to do mm-hmm. with this kid? I don't, I don't know any of this stuff I, I had. And I literally had to have guy family members, male friends explain to me, okay, you're going to have to explain to me this whole football thing. And then I became like the biggest fan of football. Mm-hmm. I have a Super Bowl party every year. So yes, it's like, you know, that's for us, that's family bonding time. 
So people like, and, and y'all already know, don't talk bad about my saints. It, 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 oh, it will go God. down. Stop, it will stop. go down. Oh, God. Oh, God. Not the saints. No, 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 no. Oh, no. I am a Cowboys fan. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> but see, you know what I'm talking about. You but know, it's I, like, like I got Cowboy everything. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I am. And I can't, you know, I can't help it. That's my team. And, and I get really upset when people talk about my team. Exactly. Exactly. And, but that's the thing is like, you know, sometimes you, you, you get that and having that camaraderie and say, and he's like, you know what? It's like, well, be his cheerleader. He's doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Go, go to his game. Mm-hmm. My first thing is like, okay, I, I want to watch you. My thing is, even if I don't understand the game, I want to watch you win. Exactly. I want to watch you win. So I'm going to be there. I'm going to support you. Just tell me what you're supposed to be doing, even if I don't understand. And I'll get the gist of it. If you score something, I'll be cheering for you, even if no one else is. Now, if we're supposed to be silent, please let me know, because then I won't say anything. (laughs) But yeah, this is, ladies, this is that that portion where you're, you know, you're there sometimes even just seeing your face, their face, your, your face in the crowd is uh, just a boost of morale. Because think about it when your kids are like, they're going for their first concert in school, or their first school play. And the first thing they're doing, believe it or not, behind a curtain, think of you as a kid, you were checking to see if mommy and daddy were in that, mm-hmm. in those seats. You, mm-hmm. they, they didn't know that, you know, you were playing the big macaroni in the school play. They just wanted to see their baby. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> like, that is so you know, true. so sometimes that's really what it is, is that moral support. And whether it be in public or at home, we have to do the same thing, the same way we would do it for our kids. The same way, you know, it's like, you could do it, baby. Yes, you can do exactly. it, baby. Whether exactly. it's your significant other or your child they can do it totally agree really that's really what it is is because guess what you give that support more than likely in some form or fashion you are going to get that support back and when and what i mean ladies i'm specifically talking to us because we think okay well i spent time with him at his game and his game was so boring to me and he doesn't know that i was like bored but i sat there because it was his thing and when i have my thing he needs to sit there too they don't i have to say this gentlemen close your ears because it might be a little bit insulting they don't kind of get those hints they don't give it back the same way we give it and and that that honestly that's for anybody you don't you know, it's not tit for tat. It's not given back exactly the same way it's given out. That is so true. So if he's like, yeah, if he's like, you know, he comes back, he comes in with a bottle of wine and roses and you're like, oh, okay. And he's like, he's really trying to say, hey, I appreciate what you did. Like, I remember reading a story. This man would make the bed for his wife every day and she got mad at him one day and says you don't ever do anything for me what and he's (laughs) like what do you mean 
says, well, you don't ever do anything. We don't go out. You don't plan special trips. I'm always the one doing the planning. When we go on family vacation, you know, if I want to do something special, I have to tell you and then we'll go out, blah, 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 blah. And he said, but I make the bed for you every day. I hate making the bed. And the crazy part is they had gotten into a big argument and she's like, wait, you hate making the bed? He said, yeah, mm-hmm. I make the bed so you don't have to. This man had been making the bed for years and hated making the bed. Wow. But this you was his that, way that of showing like, her. That is like super deep. You know what I mean? Because, you know, it's the little things. And I I know a lot of people want to be catered to. A lot of women want to be catered to. But sometimes you have to see what this man is doing to know that they really care about you. You know, they can cook you dinner and bring it to you every day. Or they can do the laundry, which they might not like doing the laundry. Or you will see them cleaning or washing dishes or doing something they're showing that, babe, I got this. You don't have to worry about it, you know? And you have to take heed. You don't have to always go out or, you know, feeling special is so many different ways of feeling special. It's the little things that they do, not the big things that you that you want to show the world that they're doing right. for you. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's exactly. for, you know, the little things matter to me no matter what. If I'm laying in bed, and I know I'm hungry and I don't feel like getting up, you know, and you come to me with something that you made. And I'm like, this is for me. Yeah, I could. it's for you because you don't feel like getting up. That's something special. You know, right. well, if I'm going downstairs and the dishes is in the sink. And all of a sudden I go downstairs and they're gone because they're being washed. That's something special because they didn't have to do it. You know, and you have to look at the little things because the little things always matter. It adds up to big things, you know, and a lot of people don't see that. A lot of people are like, I want to show them that he bought me this. I got flowers. I did this. And, yeah, and I think like, that is, uh-uh. yeah, to me, that is the most bogus thing. It's like, he shouldn't be doing things for you to show your friends that he's doing things for you. Exactly. Because, oh my God. Same because page. guess what? If he wanted to show your friends something, he would take you and your friends. But here's the funny thing. And most women don't think about this. But if he started messing around with your friends, you'd be upset. So why yes. is the purpose of him taking you out, doing anything for you, for you to show your friends? Your friends don't need to know that he's a good man. You need to know that he's a good man. I love every bit of what you're saying because the thing about it is when your friends find out you got a good man, trust and believe if they're your real friends, they're not going to step on your toes. But if they're not your right. real friends and they want a good man themselves, they're going to go behind your back and do something that you don't want them to do. Trust and believe. So keep your friendship kind of small and don't let everybody know your business. Cause when they know your business, they know how to manipulate you to get what they want and how they want to get it. Because a good man is hard to find and you don't want everybody to know that that man is, is, you know, really good to you. Then that's why with me, I don't have, I can count on my fingers how many people I deal with. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Because right, I don't like right. a lot of people around my business, you know? Right, right. And, and that's really what it is. And this is why I hate to say it, but women, think about it. We don't like our guys having a lot of female friends. It's like, well, why do you have so many female friends? Mm-hmm. Because at some point, if you know you have a good man, you know, there are certain things that they do that she is misconstruing. Mm-hmm. And even though they're friends, she's misconstruing it like, oh, this is something that he only does for me. Uh, yeah, this is why a lot of times and ladies, don't take this the wrong way, but if you want something from somebody else's man, even if it's simply a ride to the store, you need to go through his wife or his significant other first. Don't just, oh, well, you were here. Can you take me to the store? No. What? Nope. No, no, oh, my no, God. Don't. Speaking of that, speaking of that, that happened to me one time. Okay. So speaking of that, that ladies, like she is so serious about that because something ha- that happened to me one time that they want to go to a store. She's supposed to be my friend. But anyway, quote unquote. But anyway, she's supposed to be my friend. She wanted to go to the store, went to the store. Uh, and I was looking around and I'm like, where is my where is that? You know, I didn't know where they were. And then they was gone. And, and immediately I called. And immediately he came back with her, but immediately I wanted to kick her butt. You know what I'm saying? Because I felt like you disrespected me. Right. You could have you came to me first. Right. And asked me, would it be okay for that to happen? You have to ask them, the lady, if it's okay for your man to do that. Because I feel like if you don't, right. that's disrespectful. That's it like. Is super disrespectful it is very disrespectful because guess what here's the funny thing and on the reverse guys will feel very disrespected if they come in and their friend is sitting there waiting for them Mm -hmm. while you're cooking and you offer them a plate of food before he gets home correct very, so very, they mm-hmm. understand it. It, it. It's it's all it's already an understood thing. You you already broke man code. So let's 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 get on some woman code here, ladies. Let's really get on this woman code thing. Let's let's get proper procedure going here, you know. And again, like I said, learn to be his cheerleader. Let's let let let's keep those friends out of the business we don't need the kitchen table lawyers all the time you don't need to tell them every time you had a fight now yes you might have that one good friend that you need for morale support and everything else but guess what my mother used to say this all the time if you're going to tell me about the bad things tell me about the good things too because Mm -hmm. if you're only telling me about the bad things guess what every time I see him I'm going to think about only the bad things i'm not Mm -hmm. gonna have i have a relationship with him and this is the one thing we always have to remember our families our friends have a relationship with our significant others through us so Mm -hmm. if we're only running to them with the bad info with the hey you know what i think i'm getting a divorce or hey you know he pissed me off or I'm so angry. He doesn't do anything. 
yeah, you've created this mindset of him and everybody's trying to figure out, well, if he's so bad, why the heck is she staying with him? <laughs> that is so true. Cause that, cause I've, I've been that person like, okay, but didn't you tell me that this went down like two weeks ago and then last week it was a problem. And then, you know, mm-hmm. a few days ago was a problem, but now we're all at a party and it's lovey-dovey or we're all out to dinner and it's lovey-dovey. And now you and everybody else are looking at each other real confused. Like, <laughs> okay, did we not all hear the same story? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, let's get out. I mean, when we have our women, our girls night, our women bonding time, let's stay out of the you know, there are times when, yeah, you need to vent. I need to, you know, girl, I need to get this off my chest and I need to say uh-huh. this and let it go. And guess what? The next time you need to come back with, hey, you know what, girl, we resolved that. We talked about it because if you don't say we resolved it, we talked about it, we're good now. There's, they've still got that bad experience that bad situation that bad moment in their mind and they're still trying to figure out well what the heck happened between then and now mm-hmm. that is so true facts and trust yep. and believe even if somebody knows that you have a good man of course they're going to be sitting at the kitchen table talking about girl you need to leave him mm-hmm. 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 leave him girl because she's waiting to harp and jump and and frolic and get all over that that is so true so true you have to be careful who you deal with as friends exactly. you know because every exactly. everybody that smiles in your face doesn't mean that they for you right exactly Period. exactly so carmel this has been an amazing amazing interview this has been it's been amazing talking to you and everything yeah. so tell everyone where they can find your podcast remind them where they can find your book and where they can find you you know orlando nightlife oh so um actually you can find my book on amazon bonds and nobles in the library walmart anywhere you google in love with the other man you can find it um you also can uh, find me on my youtube channel um caramel lucas c-a-r-a-m-e-l-l-u-c-a-s um you can find this anywhere you can find me on Instagram. Um, you can, you can follow me on Instagram. I can follow you, but I can you won't see a lot of posts because Instagram blocked me. That's okay though, but I can direct message you. You can find me on Facebook, Caramel Lucas. Um, gosh, uh, you, on my podcast, um, you can catch me on Spotify, iTunes, any digital platforms, uh, keeping it real with caramel as we say 100. Um, you also go find me on YouTube, uh, podcast. You can see my stand up comedy. You can see the point of the events that I do, um, here in Orlando, I do events at cater delight, um, in winter park, Florida. Um, like I said, you can go on my Instagram, you can see it. Um, so you can just Google me and, um, I'll pop up, most definitely. Awesome, awesome. Well, as you can see, she is a very busy woman, you know, doing her thing. I have to say hats off to you because you are really doing it. And thank you for deciding to, you know, pivot not once but twice and really doing it all without a backup plan and making sure that you made it work. 
I just want to say thank you for, you know, letting me have a chance to be on your podcast. And I think you're super awesome. And thank you're, you. you know, you can continue doing great things because I can, I see it and I can thank hear you. it. And, and um, just keep doing what you're doing. And I know that God's going to bless you with the, the highest blessing. Thank you. Thank you. So guys, I hope that you enjoyed this. Oh my goodness. It was so much that was packed in there. I hope you got a lot of the gems that we were dropping in this. And definitely make sure you're checking out her show. Her information is in the show notes so you won't miss a thing. As always, guys, be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and happy shopping. Hey everyone, it's Angelica from A Little Bit of Everything With Me podcast, and you're listening to CQP Moments with the Coupon Queen Pen. Don't forget to like and subscribe and rate her podcast.